2: Good afternoon, fellow Fox fans. How the devil are we? (sighs) Got over it yet? Yeah. So close, but yet so far. But don't say, don't say I'm nothing if not good to you, because I've got a special show that I know is going to cheer you up this afternoon. We've got a special guest on, as you can see up above me here, Mr. Alan Smith. This gentleman.
0: Hi, Alan Smith here. Sure, to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester till I die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels of the foxes,
2: indeed. And uh, it's an in conversation with it's Alan Smith. A lot of people say the ex uh, Arsenal player, no, no, it's the ex Leicester player, isn't that right, Alan?
0: Of course, yeah. I yes. mean, once a fox, always a fox, and given it was my first club, it's uh, it was a very special club, and still is special to me.
2: Yes, it's. Um, we, as I say, I always have this argument with people, though it gets to a point where. I have sort of a, a few children, but my eldest is a huge football fan. And whenever I do these sort of things, I always sort of say like, "Oh, I'm introducing. I'm going to be chatting to this first player, and uh, he's only sort of mid 20s So if I go back to my youth, he doesn't remember anybody, and he's going, "I know this me Alan Smith." I went, "Yeah," he says, "No, I don't think I know Alan Smith." He said, "Does FIFA?" "Oh, right, yes, the who does FIFA." <laughs> he, yeah, he knows your whole t- new audience.
0: A whole new yes, audience for
2: that. It certainly was. It's a, and he apparently he knows your uh, speech because he always used to play Leicester career mode, and apparently you have a two minute speech at the start of that. Oh, um, I don't know. You
0: know. I, I just said the words. I didn't play the game. I don't know how it works, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> I, it's I a pleasure don't. to be involved in it.
2: It is. It, it's football, isn't it? And we can't. We love. We, we love whatever football brings us, you know. But um, Alan, I mean, you've had a, a, a great career. Although by these sort of day standards, you were very, I mean, you know, you said Leicester were your first club. You only had two clubs, Leicester and Arsenal, and you were there sort of both a long time. But it all started for you back at Alvechurch. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. yeah um, I played for a Sunday team called Wast Hills, and it's actually where Birmingham City trained now. They were lovely playing right. fields where the Birmingham university students used to train and the groundsman there and part-time manager because my dad helped manage it as well. uh, He used to do the pitch because he was the groundsman and he used to do the pitch at Alf Church and he kind of got me, uh, introduced me to them and I was playing for the youth team and then I played Mm. for the reserves. And then uh, uh, when I was about 17, yeah, I I played one season in the first team uh, Mm. in the Southern League, Midland division, which was a really good standard uh, yes. so uh, I had a great season there. I learned so much because, you know, it's so different playing against kids of your own age, your peers, to mm-hmm. playing with and against grown men, and, and you yes. have to learn quickly, and, and you you do learn a lot in a short space of time. You have to learn to look after yourself physically and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it was invaluable for me that season at Alf Church and, and, you know, at that level of football, lots of scouts used to come, I mean that place has never changed in the last 50 <laughs> years. It, it, I went back there not too long ago, and the clubhouse is still there. But there's a slope on the pitch, a famous slope. Uh, it's only a village, but they kind of yeah. punched above the weight uh, yeah. in terms of their success and that. So, it, you know, again, fond memories of that of that season I spent there.
2: And you were were scouted, obviously, after that, and uh, you came to what we like to think is the best team that you could have come to and that was Leicester and that was during the uh, Jock Wallace years it was Ian McFarlane wasn't it that uh, came and uh, and scouted you
0: yeah Ian came Jock never saw me never saw me play uh, but he was willing to go on Ian's word Ian was probably I mean all the scouts from Villa Birmingham Coventry West Brom, all the Midlands ones, obviously Leicester, but Big Ian was the most persistent. I think. Uh, Ron right. Atkinson came when he was the manager of Manchester United, wow. but Ian kept on coming, and finally they they stumped up the cash. So uh, and wore you I down. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. uh, not the cash for me, but the cash for Mm -hmm. Leicester and uh, sorry, the cash for Alvechurch. And uh, it was £15,000 with about 7,000 add ons for for appearances. And they were never going to deny me that kind of chance. And they needed the money as well. So off I went.
2: And unless we've got a bit of a good record at getting uh, players from the uh, lower leagues, haven't we? <laughs> you know, but, uh,
0: Just fit, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you didn't I get think...
2: to play for Jock for long, though, did you? He, did, he left quite soon after you arrived. I, I'm not I saying did... that the two things were related at all.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't play for him at all. You uh, did it at all, I, right. <laughs> I signed, and then I reckon about three weeks after, he, he left for Motherwell. Um which immediately you're worried about that because the manager that's decided you're good enough to come to the football club has gone. And you're thinking, what does that mean for me? As it turned out, Gordon Milne, who came across from Coventry, uh, he liked me and he actually cleared out a lot of jock signings, a lot of Scottish boys. I mean, the dressing room was full of Scots. And uh, he brought in his sort of players. And uh, Alan Young, who was the centre forward, he he left. um, i never forget Gordon calling me over uh, pre-season. The first team were playing Northampton and the reserves were playing Northampton on the adjoining pitch. And right. At half-time, Gordon uh, whistled, Alan, Alan, come on, you're coming on for the second half. And I scored a uh, a hat-trick, uh, me and Gary Lineker up front. Uh, I scored a hat-trick in, uh, in the second <laughs> half and I was involved in the first team from then on and played the opening That's game of the season against Charlton. So uh, it, it worked out brilliantly well for me.
2: I remember those years, but I was a—I used to actually go to school with Garrelly so that was my, uh, my, my, my. Whatever happened to him?
0: I no, no, don't know. Not heard. Hiding a hair of him. No,
2: no, no he's uh, he, he's doing something, I believe. Um But Charlton, that would have been your debut then, I take it. you senior you seen your debut.
0: Yeah, yeah, we lost. 2-1, 2 something like that at home. Yes. Uh, Bill Anderson gave me man of the match in the Leicester Mercury, which I was quite Bill pleased I oh, think he was being kind, yeah. But yes. uh, it was an amazing occasion for me because just a few months before, I was playing in front of 200 people at Alf yes. Church. And then all of a sudden, I won't say it was a full Philbert Street, but there were a lot of people there for me anyway. and I, And I did okay, yeah. So yes. it was a brilliant day for me.
2: I mean, there there is Filbert Street. I mean, it was a grand old ground, wasn't it? But um, there was there was an atmosphere about it, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, there was. You know, the double decker in there. You know, to mm. score in front of that was a great thrill. Um and you know the pitch was always in Goodnick, uh, which was which was great. I remember Steve, the groundsman. He he later went to Wembley because he was a really talented yeah. boy. Right. Uh, but yeah, I loved playing there. It was it was a special place. Absolutely yes. loved it.
2: Yeah. So, you, like I say, you never played for Jock. Did Did you get to do the hill at all? Because that was no, <laughs> you, no, no. That was probably a relief well. to you, was it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean uh, that was one of Jock's uh, ideas, obviously, and Gordon had ideas of his own. So, because Gordon came from Liverpool under Bill Shankly, uh, so it was very much around small-sided games, five sides, and that, which which we all loved, of course. Yeah, Um, Yeah. we did our fair share of running on that, but not quite, you know, what Jock wanted.
2: And there were quite good times under Gordon Milne, weren't they?
0: Yeah, they were. We, uh, obviously we got promoted in my first yeah. year there. It went down to the last game of the season. We'd, uh, pegged back Fulham who we were front runners all year. Yeah. And then we drew at home against Burnley in front of a full house. It's really hot afternoon. And with that nil-nil draw, we thought we'd gain qualification. We thought we'd gain promotion and we were kind of celebrated in the dressing room. And then word came through from, uh, Derby County that, um, There'd been an appeal because the fans invaded the pitch before the end that's and right. the ref just blew his whistle after about 89 minutes. So Malcolm McDonald, the Fulham manager, complained yeah. quite lightly, really. So, yes. you know, we're popping the champagne corks and Gordon Mills come in and said, hold on, lads, you know, put the champagne away. There's been an appeal. We might not be promoted. As it was, we went to Spain, I think, that mm. following week for a little end of season jolly. And that's when we heard that we were up in the top mm. flight. Yeah, uh, so that that was brilliant, uh, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm sure
2: a few sangriers yeah. were, were were downed when you got the news through.
0: Yeah, Sam Miguel, I think it was at the time. So uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that that was pre Lamanga days. We should just make that uh, make that clear. <laughs> yes. we, uh, we're not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. We're welcome back there yet or not? To be <laughs> honest with you, Um how was that first season for you in the top flight?
0: uh difficult i mean i took a bit mm. of time to get started uh, i think gordon left me out after a few games uh and it was quite useful to have a look from the outside just you know have more of a look at the what yeah. was going on out on the pitch but once once i got my first goal you know i was okay I was, it's belief really because you know yes. 12 months before that i was again playing up against non league defenders all of a sudden playing against the best defenders in the country so it's a big yeah. step up and confidence plays a part, a big one, especially for yes. strikers. Uh, but yeah. once I got a few goals, yeah, I was off and running.
2: I think you got, you got well. I'm always wary about quoting Wikipedia because half the time I say, Oh, somebody has so many appearances. And they say, no, actually, I didn't, I had this, but it says you got 13 goals in your first season, which wasn't a bad return for a team coming up.
0: Yeah, that might have been league goals, I'm not quite so sure, but uh, no, right. yeah. yeah. I was pleased because, you know, we're always up against it. We're always kind of looking down rather than up, trying to stay Mm -hmm. above the drop zone. So, uh, it's not as if we dominated matches, but we we did score goals because there's me, Gary and Stevie Linex on the wing. Yes, Quite often we get 50 goals between us, which, you know, was a great weapon for the club.
2: Oh yeah, I mean we have Steve Line. It's on sort of quite often because we always uh, remind him. I don't know if you were still there when he did the swimming lesson at uh, at oh, Southampton. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But those were the days when 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 footballers were men. That's what I, I say. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so you had your time there, Gordon. And I say you you mentioned Gordon Milne there. He he came in and was completely different to Jock. I mean, it was Mm. like you couldn't really get more chalk and cheese.
0: No, no. Well, I mean, I didn't play under Jock, so I don't know. You know, the likes of Gary Lineker spoke well of him, spoke fondly of him, but it was a different style of football, I think, different style of management. Maybe the old Scottish hairdryer didn't come on in the way (laughs) it did with Jock and obviously Alex Ferguson in later years. Uh, Gordon had a slightly calmer way of talking to the players. But I learnt a lot off him. You know, he was a very knowledgeable man mm. with with that background that he had, played for England as well. So, uh, yeah, he was a, he was a great manager for me. He really was, and he kind of fostered that relationship between me and Gary. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it it was brilliant. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, I think he was very underrated as a manager. If I'm honest with you, I think, um, like you say, he you know. <sighs> There were were never easy times because we always had to be a selling club, didn't we? We could never sort of, I mean, you know, completely different to the Leicester that, you know, we we know and see today. But um, and eventually you did move on to Arsenal, but you came straight back to Leicester.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, It was a strange situation, really. Uh, Went down on deadline day, which was the third Thursday of the March that was yes. traditionally deadline day so uh, we played QPR at Filbert Street on the Wednesday night and uh, I went down with uh, Ken Fryer the Arsenal managing director straight after stopped at his house and in the morning uh, had negotiations and signed but then they said well we'd like you to go back to well Arsenal said we've agreed that you can go back to Leicester to help in the relegation yes. fight so kind of the two clubs got the best of both worlds like yes, Arsenal that secured yeah. my signature before I became a free agent and Leicester had got the money in the bank, but they'd still got yeah. me to uh, try and help uh, avoid relegation. But it didn't quite happen. Uh, Oxford, uh, Oxford United last game of the season at the Manor ground dreadful game. And we, we were depending on other results anyway. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we, Drew, but we were down and uh, mm. it was horrible really, because you know the lads are absolutely distraught um and I'd got an end of season dinner with Arsenal down down in London mm. that evening yeah. and uh, it was a, it was a, a black tie event so I'd brought my dicky bow with me so I, I had to jump in the shower put the dicky bow on and I had to jump in my car going down to London so that was the way I <laughs> that was the way my Leicester <laughs> career ended it was a uh, no. It was a strange one, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was It, it was a shame that, uh, that uh, you know, obviously we got relegated, but we as I said, we were always fighting against it, you know.
2: Yes, yeah. But you, you actually, uh, I think that's it, you actually played against Arsenal while you were technically signed to Arsenal.
0: I did, yeah, I did, mm. which was the strangest match of my career, yeah. Yes. Uh, and I don't think really it happens now does it you know whenever somebody is loaned out they never play against their parent club so uh going down there I wasn't looking forward to it I said to to the gaffer I says you know obviously I'm not going to play on Saturday boss it's it's Arsenal and you know oh yes you are Alan we need you we need the points desperately so uh Uh, Yeah, I had to. I had to get on with it. But, you know, um, both sets of supporters started singing my name at one point. How many times do that? Yeah, yeah, that was (laughs) weird. Uh, And it was difficult to concentrate on the game, really, Mm. because of that kind of stuff. Um, Gary McAllister, I remember, gave me a bit of a bollocking uh, because I was waving to the North Bank. Um, but you know that was my club. That was where my yep. future lay, and yes. I did I did try really hard to, you know, to yes. contribute mm. and help uh, avoid the drop. I, I did get a quite a few goals towards the end, but uh, it didn't didn't work out sadly.
2: And you you uh, hopefully you didn't want to say hopefully that's not. But I mean it's all history now. You didn't score in that game, did you?
0: I didn't know, actually, the keeper, uh, Lees Wilmot. who was the keeper at the time. He was a sub-keeper, but he made a really yeah. good save from a point-blank header. So, I nearly scored at the North Bank. But uh, I think uh, we lost 4-1. I don't know who wow. scored our goal, but anyway, there we have it.
2: No, no. It was not, now, that would have been even weirder, wouldn't it, <laughs> if mm. you'd, uh, yeah, it if you'd have scored. Yeah. But I suppose if you'd have scored and they'd have won, then, you you're getting the, be- the best of both ends. But um, but we'd sold, while you were there, we'd sold Gary... Eileen had gone off to Everton, and yeah. um, you had a few, a, a, a few partners. Mark Bright was one of your main partners. Was it ever the same after Gary left?
0: Um, it was different, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I had a more kind of central role to play. The responsibility was on me more right. to get the yeah. goals, and, and I did score mm-hmm. more goals because you just kind of were able to get into those positions that Gary might have run into, you know, a near post yes. run or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whereas I fed off Gary's movement a little bit. But I mean, Bright, you say about Brighty, but I didn't play with him too many times. We were All a bit right. too similar in styles. Uh, Steve Moran came to the club, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that was seen as the, the number one partnership for a time. I'd played with Tommy English and Steve and, and Brighty. Uh, but um, I mean, to lose a player of Gary's abilities, it, it was always going to be difficult. Um, yeah. You know, and we survived the first year without him and, and then the second year, uh we didn't. It, it might have been the same story with him, you know. Yes. Uh, you never knew, uh, who, who you know. Who knows? Who
2: no, knows? No, no. But like I say, after um being shared between the two clubs, you finally made your move moved to Arsenal. It started off rather well with uh with with a, a hat trick and a six nil win.
0: Well, we played three games before that without a win. Uh, right. Liverpool at home lost lost 2-1 and we lost uh, to Man United, drew against QPR. Three games without a win and already the newspapers were saying that Arsenal were after this striker or that striker because I hadn't settled, I hadn't scored. And mm. that was the the noticeable difference, you know, between playing for Leicester and between playing yeah. for Arsenal, kind of that scrutiny in the papers and that. Yeah. Um but uh yeah the fourth game I got a hatch against Portsmouth. Yes. So that, that was nice and uh that, that got me going. That settled things down.
2: Was was there any other teams in for you or was it I mean like you say you were coming to the end of your contract, but was it Arsenal or was there a choice for you? Uh
0: yeah. Uh, Alex Ferguson rang me up one night uh, when I was at home. My mum answered the phone, so she got a bit of a shock. But uh, (laughs) he wanted me to wait till the end of the season. And um, I'd kind of already made up my mind I was going to join Arsenal. And I said, well, sorry, um, Mr. Ferguson, I've agreed. Well, I've got it in my mind that I'm going to join them now um, and sign, you know, before the end of the season. So... But of course, back then they weren't that successful, and they didn't win the league till '93, mm-hmm. was it? I think they first won the league, whereas we won it in '89 and '91. So, who yeah. knows if I had joined them, how my career yes. would have gone? Yes, uh, and I think yeah. I think I made the right choice in the end.
2: I, you've certainly no regrets, I, I would imagine. But when when you get that call and you say it's Sir Alex Ferguson, do you go through the like, yeah, come on, mate? You know, you, you, move, you know, he's one of your friends, ringing you up, winding you up, or
0: not really. I could, mm-hmm. I could tell it was him. I could tell it was him. just got that way about him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a long phone call, to be honest, because uh, mm. once he'd heard that I, I, I'd made up my mind, that, that was it, really. Yes, um, yeah. But uh, I, I spoke to Chelsea as well. I spoke to Ken Bates yeah. and John yes. Hollins, who was the manager. Uh, they, they came uh, up to Birmingham to have a chat. Again, I said to Ken Bates, Thanks a lot, but I think my heart's set on Arsenal.
2: Yeah, and you had, uh, and and you don't. This is where this is sticking in my throat. I'm going to be honest with you, but you had many successful years at Arsenal. Was there anything you didn't win while you were there? Is that is that easier to ask you? (laughs) Uh,
0: No, we won all the domestic trophies and we won a European trophy. Yeah, so uh, uh, no, we we got the full set. I mean, as a footballer, there's a big element of fortune as to how many medals you come out with, no matter how good you are, because if the club is not winning stuff, you know, you know, I joined Arsenal at a time just when things were beginning to take off, and uh, they got to the Littlewoods Cup final, they'd beaten Liverpool, Uh, and yeah, there were a clutch of youth team players coming through, led by the likes of Tony Adams, David Vocastle, Michael Thomas, and it looked like things were starting to happen, and and oh, yeah. that played a part in my decision to join.
2: And of course, you made it into the England team. Uh, was it um, Graham Taylor, manager at the time?
0: No, Bobby Robson.
2: Bobby Robson. So you came at the end of the, the Bobby Robson era. Um, that we know what well, we've just seen, sort of how England sort of were unlucky, but they can lift the nation. Is it when you play for England? And I'm sure it may might be different these days, but. It's not about the money, is it? It is about pulling that shirt on.
0: Well, it's definitely not about the money, no. I mean, yeah. I think we got a 400 quid match fee or something, but you're not, right. you're not thinking about that. Uh, mm. To be fair, yeah. it, but it, I think it did make a difference to your earning potential uh, yeah. then rather than now. You know, you could maybe negotiate a better contract and a better boot deal. But it, it was about mainly about representing your country, about the pride uh, of doing mm. that, and um, mm. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah. I made my debut against Saudi Arabia, came on as a sub. Yeah. We only drew that one-one. The papers were getting at Bobby Robson at the time; they wanted him out. Um, he obviously went on to Italia '90, and, and you know, mm. we nearly got to the final, but. Yeah, you you do feel the kind of uh, pressure definitely playing for England and that's why it's been so good to see the lads playing with a bit more freedom in in the Euros, you know. Euros Gareth Southgate's that. managed to lift that, that off them a bit, um, yes. which is not an easy thing to do.
2: And I forgot to mention, while, while you were at Arsenal, because two seasons running, you won the Golden Boot.
0: Yes, I did, yes. Well, not two seasons running in 89 and have... 91, uh, our two title Sorry, seasons, he indeed, yes. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd never thought I would uh, win that award because mm. being the sort of player I was, back to goal, you know, and somebody like Gary Lineker, yeah. Gary always running onto it, always facing up. Um, but uh, very proud of that. Yeah, very proud to have done it not once but twice. So Yes. Um, yeah. But even better, the fact that it contributed to uh, two title wins
2: well you, you couldn't ask for more really could you you know but going back to england um we talked about your uh debut um and i'm not sure whether this was your final match it was certainly gary's final match the 2-1 loss to sweden
0: it was my final match it as well, well
2: yeah yes yeah yeah and that, i mean sorry carry sorry, on
0: no, I'll, no no i was just going to say yeah. um we were, we needed a goal against Sweden. It was the last mm. group game, and uh, I got told to warm up along with Alan Shearer, a young Alan Shearer. Yeah. we were yeah. running up and down the line, yeah. but then mm. I got called back, uh, and I whipped my suit off. But it's only then you see the number go up, and it's Gary coming off. So you're surprised, but you haven't got time to think about it too much. You know, you, no. England needs you. We needed a goal, so I've just gone yes. on there trying to concentrate on what I had to do, but. Uh, you know, at the end of it, it, it didn't quite work out, and it was Gary's last game. Uh, and little did I know at the time, it, it was mine as well. I, I oh, didn't get picked yeah. again, so uh, that's that's the way it ended, unfortunately.
2: It was, it was, a, it was a sad end, and and uh, unfortunately, you'll always be remembered because Gary never quite got that that target. And I think Graham again. You know, man, England managers—it's—it's it's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the world, ten times worse than any club manager out there. But he—he he took some stick from the press, and for over that, for taking Gary off as well, you know. And but mm-hmm. had you gone on and scored, of course, it's—it's it's, yeah. you know, it's those thin light, thin line margins, isn't it? You know, you gone on and scored, he would have been a hero, you know, and you'd have been a hero. Things might have been different, you never know. But you know. But it's great. I mean, just talking talk about while well, we're on the top, topic of England. Um, again, Gareth's taken a bit of stick going into, into these finals for his team choices and then his, um, his squad choice as well. But, you know, we didn't get beaten in any game during, you know, normal play. Uh, we only conceded two goals. We topped our group. We we're in the final. There was nothing more. I don't think he could have done. And I think if we can keep hold of Gareth, my worry is that we lose him. But for me, I think if we can keep hold of him and that young squad that he's got, and the, all everybody moves sort of forward together, I think the future is very bright for England.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't think he'll want to hang about forever. He mentioned that the other day, but. Hmm. You know, the World Cup uh, in 2022, it's only next year yeah. now, isn't it? Uh, yes. You know, that, that that's going to be a goal. And then depending on how things go, maybe the Euros yeah. again, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But he's been a brilliant um, asset for, for this yeah. country on and off, you know, the pitch, what he does with the team and how he speaks. He's been a great ambassador uh, and he's... Um, He's lifted the nation, never mind about, you know, football-loving fans, because there was a time not so yes. long ago when there was an apathy, you know. We, we oh, just yes. all got yeah. a bit cynical about the England team, hadn't we? And now no, definitely. we like them, you know, the the, yeah. the players involved. Um, and they, they, they have done us proud, really, as disappointing as it was the other night. So, they yeah, have. let's hope we can yes. go, you know, the next step and actually win something.
2: It's hard and you must see this as you go around or sort of with Sky, but when you look at the managers, being a good um league manager doesn't necessarily make you a good international manager. And I think, you know, Gareth will be the first to admit his his you know, his managerial career at league level never really took off, but he, he's been an amazing manager at national level. And I, just, I mean, I just hope he just stays around as long as he, you know, as long as we can uh, we can keep an into. Because I think, you know, when you look in the past, we've let managers go much too early, you know, Terry Venables, um probably Bobby Robson, and you know, definitely um uh oh my mind's gone. It was Chelsea manager, uh Glenn Hoddle. I think they yeah, all yeah. sort of left sort of too early and for different reasons, but That's the FA, I guess, for you, isn't it? Really, Um, yeah. You know, but uh, that you know, you 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 finally ended the career. I know when. I believe. I say, I don't know. I believe that when your time was coming up at Arsenal, you had the chance to, to 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 carry on your career, but you decided that that was the time you wanted to end it.
0: No, didn't have a choice No, uh, Mm. I remember Again, uh, I
2: apologise, that's Wikipedia for you
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, you can't rely on it No, no, I uh, tore my cartilage in the January at Millwall in the cup tight And then I had an operation And when I did, they found there was damage to the bone, top and bottom Tried to repair it and it just didn't work So I had another scan We went to China on an end of season tour Then when I came back, I got the results of the scan and he said, really, you know, if you want to have any quality of life, you, you need to pack up now. But I knew I, I, I knew, I had to pack up. I knew I couldn't go on because it just didn't feel right. So um, it was, yeah, a devastating moment like it is for yes. any footballer when he's told that yeah. kind of news. And I was 32, so I, I wanted to go on for a good three years, longer or more. Yeah. Uh, all my teammates did, you know, all the back four did. And, Went on late into the thirties, so uh, that makes it even harder, really, to see your mates carry on playing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I had to think about doing something else and think about it quickly.
2: And I mean, coming on, from, we 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 sort of spoke uh, before we came live and joking, like my son and and you know, people of his age know you more for sort of uh, the FIFA, and and you replaced another legend there because you replaced uh, Andy Gray. As Martin Tyler's partner. Um, is that weird? You, you were saying, you, you, did you record set phrases? How how did they do that? I've always been fascinated how they do that.
0: Um, well, it's not scripted. I mean, no. the, you're, you're given a long list of things to describe, but you describe it in your own words, and right. you have to mm. describe it you know, five or six different ways so that you don't get yeah. the same phrase coming up yes. over and over again, which used to happen in the early days, so... You have to kind of think on your feet quite quickly because you're doing it one after the other. Yes. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, we loved it. Uh, you know, Martin did it longer than I did. And, and when Andy yes. left Sky, yeah, I went for an audition and and got the job and um, did it for nine years, uh, yes. which I absolutely loved. Um, it's kind of you're in the studio for four or five Hours on the trot, and uh, at the end of it, your head's spinning a bit because you, have to, you <laughs> have to concentrate, and mm. you know there's a lot of talking and that, and you have to just you kind of give it that drama to your voice because yes. uh, you are just sat there you haven't you're not looking at pictures you're, you're not describing action or anything it's, it's no. all imagination so uh, yes. Uh, yes. It, it, yeah I, I love doing it absolutely loved it and, and you're right you know kids would come up to you and ask ask for a photo or autograph you know a 12 year old who'd never know you as a <laughs> as a player he'd never know yes. you from Sky really but he, he recognised you from yes. FIFA from FIFA uh, exactly people still come up and, and say that
2: a whole, a whole new audience. We mentioned it there. Sky um, co-commentator and pundit. Again, how did how did that come? Were you approached or no? Um,
0: well, when when I was a player still, and I was injured, mm. I would be uh, a guest on on a live match, you know, an, right. an Arsenal live yeah. match. So I had a relationship with them. Uh, so when I retired, I did. I just did more and more uh yeah. studio stuff and uh other bits as well started working for the soccer saturday doing mm. the envision stuff around the grounds and yeah, yeah uh and then and then got into co-commentary so um it, it's been it's been brilliant uh to still be involved in the game in this way oh, yes. you know to be at, at the big occasions um the great atmospheres—that's what—that's what players miss, and I've and I've been lucky because I've I've still had that adrenaline as well. You know, working in live TV, you get a, yes. a real buzz. Um, right. And uh, alongside that, I I wrote for the t- Telegraph for twenty years, so I went to right. yep. four World Cups and four European Championships. So again, that that was fantastic. Yeah,
2: and I know you know Gary got. Um, Ofcom complaints because he was over-exuberant in cheering because Leicester won the FA Cup. Do you when whether it's Leicester or Arsenal? But when you're commentating on those games, do you have to hold yourself back if the team score?
0: Well, you just try and you just try and do your job. I mean, you're not mm. you don't want to show your allegiance too much because no. you you're trying to represent the other side as well and the supporters yes. watching. You know. Uh, so you try and be as fair as you can. Um, you know, I mean, it's a bit different for Gary. He's a Leicester boy, isn't he? Born and bred. Yeah. And that's his team that he supported as a boy. I mean, I was a Villa fan when I was a boy. I'm from Birmingham. Right. Uh, and as much as I want Leicester and Arsenal to do well, when you're commentating on their games, you just, you just try and be fair, really, and call okay. it as you see it. That, that's all you can do.
2: No, it, uh, that's understandable. Um Oh, I forgot. My mind's gone blank now. Uh, so, when you sort of are, 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 are with Sky, do you sort of look at the teams now, and you look at the clubs, and you know, going back to Leicester, the the Leicester that you're commentating on is completely different to the Leicester that you played for. Do you kind of wish you were playing for Leicester now instead of then, or were they sort of? I mean, you know, it's a different world, I guess, isn't it?
1: Well,
0: yeah, I mean. Yeah, you don't think like that. I mean, mm. I'm just delighted that, first of all, Leicester managed to win the title. I mean, what a year <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I did. Yeah. They always put me on Leicester games towards the end when it looked like, you know, the yeah. boys were going to yeah. do it. So I did all the, those great games and I did the Everton game at the end. Um, and uh, But I think, you know, everybody was just so thrilled that something like this mm. could still happen that one of the so-called lesser clubs could beat all the big boys. So, um, yeah, I I absolutely loved it. And then I've been so pleased that they've been able to build on that and it just wasn't a one-off. And, you know, uh, behind the scenes, the recruitment's been second to none, such a well-organised club. And and they've managed to now become that kind of top six club on a regular basis and, you know, top four if things go well. So... Um, it's been a brilliant success story in the end, just shows that it can be done if, yes. if you, you're, you're very smart in, in how you go about things.
2: I think you know, we, we did that, and it certainly did that with the league. We showed, like you say, no disrespect, lesser clubs that it can be done, you know, it's not going to happen all the time. But were you surprised when Brendan came to Leicester? I mean, the classic one is Chris Sutton saying that he was taking a step backwards. But, um, you know, he, he's made the right decision, hasn't he?
0: I think, um, I think Brendan looked at the players there and the age mm. of the players as well. The fact that yeah. they were only going to get better. And uh, because he is such a good coach, mm. he obviously thought, well, I could improve these players. And it's, yes. I've got great material to work with. So it was uh I think you know, I think it was uh, an attractive, a really attractive job. Uh and as it it's it turned out, it was a great yes. decision on yeah. his part. Yeah. Uh, a great decision. And I think he's loved every minute of it, I really do.
2: Can you see him leaving? I mean, I know obviously Tottenham were rumoured to be after him, as were Arsenal for a bit possibly as well, or there's no vacancy at Arsenal, of course. Um He's, he's, he's got a, such a good relationship with, the, as we saw after the FA Cup, with, with the with the owners. I can't see what he would get if he did move, but there's going to be some club, I suppose, at some point that's going to come in and tempt him away.
0: Yeah, of course, nothing lasts forever, does it? And you know, no. if he uh, must think back to that uh, Liverpool season when they could have easily won the league, and uh, how, I mean. If he could get back to one of the, the biggest clubs in in the country, uh, and Leicester are willing to let him go, you know, there's a fair chance that chance that that would happen. Yes, I mean these days it it's so much different to, to back in our time, where managers a manager of Leicester would have got paid a lot less than some mm. of the the top ones at the big clubs, but yeah. now Leicester can afford to reward. A very talented coach, and he and he has been rewarded. So, yeah. from a financial point of view, it's it's not it's not one of those where he's looking to earn more money. I don't think. No, but you know, it, there might come a time where he feels he's he's done as much as he can at Leicester. But you know, let's yeah. hope that's not in the near future.
2: <laughs> no, fingers crossed. You, you you touched on before, sort of Leicester's recruitment. Uh, policy and how how they go about that uh i mean the two signings we've made daka and samara amazing signings
0: yeah i mean if if you go on how they have recruited players before that we hadn't really heard too much about and they've been amazing. these household names then if it happens again i mean yeah brilliant yeah. absolutely fantastic um whether Leicester will sell anybody, I, I don't know. I mean, Madison keeps getting linked to... Well, to that would to my next thing. question,
2: actually. <laughs> Can yeah. you see
0: Madison and Tillerman stopping? Uh, I mean, you know, you'd look on maybe selling one. I mean, mm. Rodgers would be very reluctant to let two go, especially yeah. from the same area of the pitch, you know. Yes. Uh, that would be a body blow, but... um You know, you have to turn things over, don't you? Freshen things up. And it looks like they're doing that again, the boys.
2: I mean, if it happens, I mean, I always say, like, you know, I didn't want Harry Maguire to go. You know, I didn't particularly want Ben Chilwell to go, but I thought they were both great players for us. But when you're being offered £80 and £50 million, there comes a price. And they say every player's got the price. And, you know, we seem to be, and it does annoy me as a fan a little bit, that every year it seems to be like, what, what you know, Leicester players is going to go to a, a, a so-called top six club this season. But, you know, these players are out there. It's just, it must be something wrong with the scouting systems at the, at the bigger clubs that they're not finding them. They prefer, I think, to buy the ready-made article.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it's a good point. Uh, there's that element of uncertainty when you're buying these. Mm. I suppose it is it is a calculated gamble, yeah. Uh, but it's a gamble that's paid off. For Leicester, obviously, there's a yes. there's a lot of skill involved as well, and mm. all that research, all those stats on a player's performance over a couple of years comes into play. Uh, but you never know until they get there, you know. And Golo mm. Conte walks through the door and he looks like a little trainee, doesn't he? Know, Somebody yes. mistakes him for that with his little rucksack on it. And, mm. and you know, you're you bringing him into the top, you know, kind of the hurly burly world of the Premier League. Yeah. There must have been a question can he cope with it? Mm. But I mean, you know, <laughs> we know how that went, so yes, you, yeah. you never quite know, but yeah. you just have to have a good guess
2: yeah a question just come in here um did you ever have or have, think about ever going into coaching or managing at all
0: i didn't really i it, hmm. it was never something that interested me kind of that the coaching side i never wanted to take my badges i mean yeah. the thing is I, I went into the media side of it and uh i i had work and and i yep. just got my head down and got stuck into that so yeah. I think some players, you know, they don't know what else to do and they go into coaching and they're either good or bad at it. But yeah. it was never something that really um, appealed to me.
2: That, that That's understandable. And just to finish on now, um, just to touch on it, the European Super League and the so-called Big Six. Um, I mean, I always say, you know, I don't know if Leicester will ever be thought of as a big six club, even if we're finishing fourth, fifth, third, wherever, Uh, but we could possibly make it a big seven. But, you know, I I don't think it's going to go away this. I think it's, you know, it's going to come back further down the line in a different form, but it's not, it's not good for sort of football here. That it's the pyramid system like yourself coming through it, that all that's just going to get completely hurt. Isn't it?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the teams in Spain and Italy wanted it and needed it more than our clubs did. Yeah. But having said that, you know, our clubs agreed to it, but they're in a lot of debt, aren't they? Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid, yeah. they're not generating the TV revenue that we are. Um, but we're just going to get safeguards in place to prevent it happening again. You know, right. we all saw the public reaction. Well, and that yes. surprised everybody. Well, it certainly yes. surprised, you know, the American owners at Liverpool mm. and, you know, United. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, you know, I was so upset, depressed, worried about it when it first came to prominence. And it looked like it was going to go through, didn't it? It looked like they were it, just going to yeah. bulldoze the way oh, yes. through. Uh, but thank God, it, thank God it didn't.
2: I know. It was sort of... Um... It was one of those things, a bit like, unfortunately, when, when our, the chairman passed away and there was a coming together of the fans that certainly we felt as Leicester fans at the time, you know, even from Forrest and Derby fans, you know, the scarves and the thoughts and the well wishes. And then this came along and this brought the fans together again. And mm. it, it, two different things completely. But, you know, with that European top six, you've got Liverpool and um, Man United fans agreeing, and Tottenham and Arsenal (laughs) fans agreeing, they didn't want to do it, and it's like, if nothing else, it's brought fans together.
0: Yeah, it has, and if you ask me for one of the best and most emotional moments of last season, it would be Leicester's FA Cup win, and and when the owner came down, and there's that bond with the players, it was just fantastic, you know, it was just very special, because you could see that it was so authentic you, you don't see that at all much in the modern game so uh yeah. that was just a reminder wasn't it uh of what we might have been kind of brushing away and yeah I, so that was brilliant
2: i think the thing is as well is how many owners from other clubs and i, I i've been speaking to this with um you know, a lot of fans on other channels. We do a lot of sort of, you know, share. You know, we go on each other's shows. And when I'm talking to sort of Arsenal fans, they don't think their owners ever been to a game. I mean, you know, Abramovich, loving or hating, me, turns up to games when he can and when he's allowed to. But you know, a lot of these players, they haven't uh, fans haven't seen their owners at, at the club. And there was our owner down on the pitch, jumping up and down with the players. As Ian Wright, you know, uh, another ex-Arsenal player, he was was jealous of it, you know. It it is something Mm. special that Leicester have got.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is special. I mean, Stanley Cronkite has been to a few Arsenal games. I don't really think he knows too much about football or or particularly likes it. It's another business in his portfolio, really. He's got a lot of sports clubs, hasn't he? But yeah, I think all football fans would have been jealous of that, especially at the time that it happened. Everybody wants that kind of. Nobody's a perfect owner, but you know, Leicester have got something uh, pretty (laughs) close close to it. it. it You
2: can get (laughs) You know,
0: you've got to nurture that, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think we all felt a bit envious of that.
2: Yeah, and I think being Leicester fans, we know we've had so many years that are um where well, it hasn't been good that you know for those of us of a certain age we're just enjoying it and going along with the ride and totally loving it as i have loved having you on today alan thank you so much for coming on i really do appreciate this do take care of yourself and thank you very space. much
0: no it's been great it's been great yeah. to come on and talk about the old times i'll never yeah. forget them those days no, of bilbert street no.
2: You know, and this is what we're saying for fans. You know, there's, there's days we don't forget, but the players don't forget these days either, do they? they uh, they're, they're happy no. memories. Well, hopefully part happy of your memories, life. Yeah, you know. yeah,
0: they are a very they are. happy memories. You know, yes. everybody from the, uh, the laundry lady who, who recently passed away, bless her, you know. Mm-hmm. So the lady yeah. up in the players' lounge who used to do the pork pies and the sandwiches, you know, these people are part of the fabric of the club. And Leicester have always retain that homely feel and you know long may that continue.
2: Yeah. Alan, I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Like I say, good luck for the coming season. Um not to Arsenal of course. I would I would never say that on (laughs) when when it can be edited and copied and and used against me. But I bet you can't (laughs) wait for the season to start. Have a good one. Stay safe wherever you travel and thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thanks a lot, Chris. All the best. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye
2: bye. Bye bye. Ah, uh, Alan Smith, there. Great. Oh, what a pleasure to talk to the guy, and such a nice guy. I tell you, it, it's one thing about this job, and there was there was reasons I started doing this. Um, those that know me, <coughs> excuse me personally, will know why I started doing this channel. As I'm sure I'm no different to a lot of other people that have started doing it this past twelve months. But they're my heroes. You know, when I went down, as you know, those that know me again know I went to school with Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker and Alan Smith, when I started to follow Leicester, they were the two main strikers. You know, the Shearer and the Owen of the day for Leicester. And to come up with things like that and just to be able to speak to him, it's like... You don't know. I'm sat here. I'm literally sat here with a semi. That's all I'll say. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for for coming on. Uh, I'm going to be back. What time are we on now? 10 to 6. I'm going to be back on at 7 with Craig, if I've calmed down by then, when um, we're going to be looking at our best ever goalkeepers at Leicester City. He's picked his top five and he'll pick his best. Will you agree with Craig? You never know. We'll, We'll tune in and see um <laughs> dan they say never meet your heroes but i wouldn't let you not meet me mate you're a hero to me what can i say um you are <laughs> no we'll, we'll just leave it there we'll leave it there not only am i back later on with the uh, give 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 me five we've also got this coming up soon
0: it's the big fat football
2: quiz with Leicester I TV. So you think you know your football? Well, let's see. Starts on Thursday. It's a regular quiz we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, and um, we're going to start with Leicester City. And then Dan, who you just saw, come up uh, with the comment. He's going to be representing Burnley. And we're going to have a leaderboard, a bit like the Top Gear um, star in a reasonable vice car to sort of board and see who's going to be at the top. And who knows their football stuff? Not just questions on their teams, questions on the Premier League, questions on Leicester as well. So they've not only got to know they have 10 questions on, say, for example, Burnley, they're going to have to uh, answer five questions on Leicester. <laughs> yeah, that will get them doing their homework. This has been lesser Till I Die. This has been In-
0: on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. This is Lesser, lesser Till I Die TV. TV. In conversation with.
2: it was alan smith and hopefully we're going to have uh, steve linox coming up soon as well so uh, who used to play with alan smith so we should have got him on together really that would have been good wouldn't it right time to go thanks for joining us thanks so much to alan for coming on it was amazing and um really enjoyed having him on i'll see you at 7 hopefully with craig and we're going to be looking at all leicester city goalkeepers guys stay safe and i'll see you in an hour and 7 minutes and counting Hello, good night yeah
0: Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club.
2: Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
1: Social
2: Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.